The following podcast is brought to you in association with Let Us Talk Mental Health, the football team raising money for mental health charity Mind. You can follow them on Twitter at Let Us Talk underscore MH and also brought to you in association with the Proper Blokes Club, Walking and Talking, Breaking the Stigma Surrounding Men's Mental Health. For more information, go to www.theproperblokesclub.co.uk. Welcome along to another episode of the Football Funders, brought to you in association with the Proper Blokes Club and Let Us Talk Mental Health. I am your host, Ryan. I'm solo tonight. The football world has returned following the suspension of games as a mark of respect for the Queen Elizabeth II, who sadly passed away last week. It has been a very slow news week. However, it suddenly picked up again very quickly in the last 24 hours or so. Starting with the announcement of yet another England squad. Regular listeners of this podcast know I'm prone to a rant about Gareth Southgate picking his favourites. And same squad, different day, really. I'm not going to rant too much. I'm going to go through the squad list and just point out who I feel should be there and who shouldn't. There's also some other bits of news. Chelsea's new chairman, Todd Bowley, new owner, has been talking a lot. And he's got another set of ideas for what the Premier League can do. So we'll look into that. And there's been a transfer or two. So we'll look into those. And there's also been a retirement today as well. But we're going to start with the England squad. So we're going to dive right in. We'll start with the goalkeepers. Now, obviously, Jordan Pickford is injured. So the goalkeepers are Dean Henderson, who has been playing as Nottingham Forest's first choice goalkeeper. So adequate replacement for Pickford. Nick Pope, who's obviously been doing exceptionally well in the last year or so, and he's now at Newcastle and doing okay. Aaron Ramsdale, in my opinion, should be England's number one. Me and Dan spoke about this on last week's podcast, I believe it was. Defenders. Now, this is a defender-heavy squad, I've got to say. And uh, you'll be surprised to hear that there's a few names that I don't believe should be in there. Trent Alexander-Arnold, not in the best form at the moment. Do you want him in there at the moment? Me, personally, no. He's very good going forward. I, I think Trent Alexander-Arnold's better off as a wing-back than a full-back, if I'm honest. That's just my personal opinion. I think he's fantastic. Passer of the ball, crosser of the ball, distribution is very, very good. I don't think his attitude is quite up to scratch at the moment. He does seem to be letting a lot of people run off of him and not tracking back. I, th- I think he needs to rein his attitude in and get his head back together. So I wouldn't have included him in this squad. I will quickly add that the squad size has been upped by FIFA from 23 to 26. So that might be why top heavy. Ben Chilwell, Chelsea's left back. And in my opinion, probably the best English left back at the moment because Luke Shaw's well out of form and out of favour at Manchester United. Luke Shaw does make the squad. I really don't know why. Maybe it's a lack of options. I know there are a few out there. James Justin being one of them. And I think someone was calling for Nico Henry. I believe is the left back of Bournemouth. So it's a possibility. But Luke Shaw is in there. Not I don't agree with. Connor Cody has moved to uh, Everton from Wolves. He is playing okay, but... 
He's never used. I think he's one of Gareth Southgate's favourites because they've spoken very highly of him about what he does off the pitch with the squad. So I think that's why he's in there. Eric Dier of Tottenham, a once ridiculed footballer, has been playing very well under Antonio Conte. And Conte seems to be getting the very best out of him. And he's in there as a centre-half. Obviously, he spent most of his career for England playing as a central midfielder. But that's no longer the case now. Mark Gooey from Crystal Palace. Definitely one for the future with a larger squad. Definitely a chance to get in there and have a look at him. I don't predict he'll play that much. Reese James is in the squad as well. In my opinion, best right back England have got overall. I think if you combined Aaron Wan-Bissaka for his defensive abilities and Trent Alexander-Arnold for his attacking abilities, you get Reese James. Harry Maguire is, again, another one of Gareth Southgate's favourites. We know he's not going to drop him. We had this conversation on WhatsApp earlier, me and the other two guys, and they were like, he can't be in there, surely. Surprise, surprise, surprise. He's in there. Doesn't deserve to be in there. Not been in the Man United team, really. Not played very well when he did start the season. Should not be there. Ben White, who is not in the squad, has been playing quite well for Arsenal. It was an easy replacement to make. But Gareth and his lads. John Stones is in the squad. Rightly so, scored an absolute screamer the other day for Manchester City when he was playing at right back. John Stones does seem to be a lot more steady, a lot more reliable these days. Still prone to that odd lapse with the ball at his feet, but he's doing well for Manchester City. Fukayo Tomori is in the squad, a player that you hear a lot about on this football podcast, not just from me, although I was a big fan in the beginning. Everyone's happy to see him in there. He needs to be starting for England now, I think, especially with the Harry Maguire situation. I definitely feel that he should be starting games right now. Kieran Trippier is in there. Again, one of Gareth Southgate's favourites. He's playing well for Newcastle in fair, but he is, what, 32-33, I think. Don't judge me if I get that wrong. I did it the other day last week with Jordan Henderson, and I had to eat my words, which I happily did. And Kyle Walker, again, another favourite, plays right back, right wing back, right centre half of a free. Gareth Southgate loves him for some reason. I don't quite see it myself. The only reason I can think that he's in there is because he's got so much pace that he's in there for recovery situations. The midfielders, this is a very small selection. Jude Bellingham, who is just proving to be, in my opinion, absolute star. Scored against Manchester City again for Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League a day or so ago and looked amazing again. No wonder he's going to cost a lot of money if any Liverpool have been rumoured to be in after him. And I can't blame them. As a Manchester United fan, I'd love to see him in my midfield too. Whether we'll fork out the 100 or something million remains to be seen. But I'd like to think we're going to be in for him. Calvin Phillips is in the squad. Not quite sure why. I don't think he started a game for Manchester City yet. And I don't think he's been a regular in their side. For me, he doesn't deserve a place. But Gareth Southgate, tried and tested, is in. Declan Rice, captain fantastic down at West Ham. Not doing as well at the start of this season as they have been in previous seasons. But... He definitely deserves to be there. Future England captain, if you ask me, should be England captain. I'm not convinced of Harry Kane as a captain at all. 
And another personal favourite of mine who's in there, who definitely deserves to be in there, and I would argue vice-captain for England, although I always make him my England captain when I play football manager, when I'm the England manager, is James Ward-Prowse of Southampton. Obviously, it's still very early. We've only played a few games in the Premier League. I must, must be about, what, six or seven now, I think. I'd have to look it up to be sure. But he deserves to be there. He's a favourite of mine. And I think he's a game changer with his delivery, set pieces, etc., etc. So not many midfielders. That is the line. So you can expect England to be playing with a back three, I think. Forwards are Tammy Abrahams. Got off to a bit of a slow start in Italy this season, but... He's starting to pick up the pieces. He's got a new strike partner in Paolo Dybala who left Juventus for Roma. And they do look like they're starting to click. I would like to see him given a game or two, as in a full 90 minutes. But I doubt it because I believe these games are against Italy and Germany, I believe. So I'd expect to see pretty full-strength teams throughout, just judging on how Gareth Southgate's picked his teams in the past for big, big games. Jared Bowen's in the England squad. Again, probably deserved on the back of last season's form. I wouldn't blame Gareth Southgate for picking him. I think he's exceptionally hardworking. He's quite good in front of goal, as his goal tally shows. So, no problem there. Phil Foden, back from injury, starting the season with Manchester City. I'm not sure how many games he's played, but massive talent for now and the future. So, I'd keep him in there. Another Manchester City player who's in there, but I'm not quite sure why, is Jack Grealish. I've expressed my doubts on this podcast before about Jack Grealish. I think he's a very good player. I just don't think he fits into Manchester City's style of player. He's the type of player that likes to stand a defender up and then try and beat him with a trick. That's just not the way Manchester City play. Everything's very quick, very fluid, keep the ball constantly in motion. If they can't find an avenue one way, they quickly turn it the other way. And I think it's hampering both Manchester City and Jack Grealish. They are just not a good fit. I never quite understood it, but I hope it doesn't prove detrimental to his career. And I don't think it will give him another year or two. And if he doesn't change his playing style, which is what we talked about on previous podcasts, then I think he may have to leave Manchester City and go back to a club like an Aston Villa or... Maybe a Newcastle, maybe Newcastle will probably be able to afford him, to be fair, where they will make him the star and play to his strengths rather than it be a fluid, quick, short-passing game that Manchester City play. Harry Kane is in there. Obviously, he's England captain. Not been in the greatest of form for Tottenham, I'd say, particularly last few years. I know he's still got a lot of goals, but he's had a lot of injuries. Doesn't look the goal scorer that he did a few years ago. Bukayo Saka at Arsenal, again, I'm not sure what kind of form he's been in for Arsenal of late. I don't follow Arsenal being a Manchester United fan, obviously. But major talent, one of Gareth Southgate's chosen ones. So fair enough. There is no room for Jadon Sancho, by the way, who's been in very good form for Manchester United at the start of this season, which confuses me considering they've picked Jack Grealish. But I think it's just a case of Gareth Southgate doesn't like him. We saw it at the Euros where he didn't play a lot and he's not in the squad even though he's scoring goals. And he has scored again tonight because Manchester United are currently playing Sheriff in the UEFA Cup or what? what's it known as now? The It's not the Champions League, it's the one below that. Excuse me, my brain's gone completely blank. 
Raheem Sterling, obviously, always in an England squad. I've said on this podcast, I don't think he's as good as people think he is. I don't think he's world-class, but what I will give him credit for is he scores goals. He gets in at that back post or he cuts in from the left and he scores goals. So he deserves to be there. The last member of the squad of 26 is Brentford's Ivan Tony, who a lot of people have been calling for to get his chance for a while. So he's in there. I'm a bit mixed on Ivan Tony. I think he works incredibly hard. I think he's could be a bit more potent in front of goal, but he does seem like a very well-rounded player. I think he needs to be a bit more selfish, if you ask me. But he's in there. He deserves to be in there. I think he's had a good few years, a few consistent years. He's not scored a bucket amount of goals, but he has scored goals in the Premier League. So I definitely think he deserves a shot. I don't think anyone can complain that he's in there. So moving swiftly on, because as I said, it's just me tonight. So we're going to keep it pretty short. Todd Bowley, the new chairman at Chelsea, has come out and he's making his feelings known about the Premier League. He's an American and they are, I think it's fair to say that most Americans are highly profit motivated. Manchester United's owners are the prime example. They don't invest much in there. They run the club at a profit. So the club sort of invests in itself and plays off its own debts. Let's be honest. Liverpool have done business very, very smartly. But he's come out nevertheless. And he has suggested that a Premier League North versus South all-star match should be considered and that we should learn a bit of a lesson from American sports. And this is the direct quote in accordance with The Guardian. Ultimately, I hope the Premier League takes a little bit of a lesson from American sports, said Bowley, and really starts to figure out why don't we do a tournament with the bottom four sports teams? Why isn't there an all-star game? People are talking about more money for the pyramid. In the MLB All-Star Game this year, we made $200 million from a Monday and a Tuesday. So we're thinking we could do a North versus South All-Star Game for the Premier League for whatever the pyramid needed quite easily. This is an American idea I don't like and I don't think is even remotely feasible from many different aspects. I can't see clubs wanting to allow their players to play an additional game. There's been talk in the past about a 39th Premier League game played abroad to raise more money, which got cut off. And this is essentially that 39th game just done a different way. I can't see players wanting to give... I can't see clubs, sorry, wanting to give their players to a manager for a one-off game which from my perspective has no real appeal because there's no cohesion to the team. Everybody's coming from everywhere. So you get one pick from one place, one pick from another place. You get the best player from each team, from the London clubs or the South clubs and the North clubs. I just can't see clubs going, yeah, okay, we'll allow our players to play an additional game, not for us, even though we're paying them. And they might get injured as well. Then there's the insurance If a player gets injured, who's paying the wages of the players because of the insurance, because they weren't injured while they were playing for their club. 
I'm not even sure about the, the logistics of it or how it would all be arranged. This is just like another owner coming in, saying what they want to do because they just want to make more money. We saw it with the Super League, the European Super League, very quickly got shut down. You know, that would have made a lot of money for a lot of clubs. But when the idea of no relegation and playoffs for relegations and stuff like that came into play, everyone was like, no, not happening. You get promoted or you get relegated. And the Super League got stopped. I'm not sure it's completely dead. It may come back again, maybe slightly differently. But this is another foreign owner, in my opinion, coming into this country, not understanding what we do in this country, and then trying to make something happen. We saw it in the past. I don't know if people are going to remember this. It was a long, long time ago in America when they relaunched the MLS for God knows how many time. They had this bizarre penalty system. Uh, when it comes to taking penalties, you have to run with the ball from the halfway line and then try and score. Instead of putting it down on a six-yard spot and just taking your shot, you had to run for the ball, I think it was from the halfway line, to the penalty area and then try to score. Genuinely very weird. Been recommended here before. Not recommending it again because it didn't work. It looked awful. And unless I'm mistaken, the MLS are now taking penalties the way we take penalties. So, an all-star game, North versus South. I can't see it happening. I can't see the clubs allowing it. I can't see the players wanting it. I think the only people that are going to want it are the businessmen because potentially it could make a lot of money. I don't see it happening. I think foreign owners need to come into this country. It's good to have ideas, but you have to have the right idea. And if you insult the heritage of the game by coming in and trying to change it for a few bucks, just like they did with the Super League, it's not going to happen. So, Todd Bowley, thank you. Shush, get back to spending your money at Chelsea and improving Chelsea's fortunes. Maybe once you've got Chelsea back at the top of the league, people will start listening to you and believing in what you're trying to get across. Because right now, people don't have a great opinion from what I've seen of the new Chelsea owner, Todd Bowley, because he walked into the club, ripped out everybody who worked there, tried to take over and do everything himself, has very quickly realised that that's not doable and is now trying to find a director of football to get in to take over because he's learned he's way over his head in what he's doing way 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 over his head moving on to just the last few quick little bits because I'm, I'm going to wrap this up really quick Ben Foster the former Manchester United and Watford goalkeeper has announced on his YouTube channel that he has retired from professional football it's not really a surprise I think he's 40 going on 41 he's just been released following Watford's relegation and the end of his contract. So he's been keeping himself fit. He's quite heavily into his cycling. And yeah, so that's Ben Foster's retired. I always feel a little bit of sadness as a Manchester United fan when I think of Ben Foster because he had a lot of talent. He was quite a good goalkeeper, but football was never his great love like so many other people are. People... I know Ronaldo's obviously the prime example, but because like he's he loves football to the point of pure obsession, where he it drives the way he looks after his own body to the point of almost madness, if you ask me. I, I could never do what Ronaldo, I mean, fair play to him, but I could never do what he does to keep himself in the shape that he's in. Ben Foster had a lot of talent, but football was never his love. I think had football been his love, I think he would have 
been more of a success at a much higher level. So good luck to him in in the next stage of his career. He's really doing well with his YouTube podcast, his YouTube channel, sorry, and his YouTube podcast. So best of luck to him in future endeavours. Andy Carroll has managed to get himself yet another contract with Reading. How he's managing to do it, he must be about 33 at this point, I believe. But his body has never cooperated with his talent. And he spent so much of his career out injured with massive, massive injuries. But he's managed to get a short-term deal at Reading. I believe it's till mid-January, the contract is. It's about four months. So... Best of luck to Andy Carroll, I suppose. Don't know how he does it. He's like Phil Jones. I genuinely don't understand how somebody who has that many injuries can, A, get out of bed in the morning, to be honest. And I don't mean that from a physical point. I mean it from a mental perspective, because if you're constantly fighting your own body to try and have the career you want, it must be completely demoralising. So I applaud them in one aspect. I'm assuming it's a pay-as-you-play deal because they can't be paying him much if he if it isn't. I'm sure he's probably getting a very small base salary and the rest of it's bonuses. But good luck to him. Fair play to him. I'm just having a look now. I'm just trying to find the Manchester United score before I go. Manchester United are 2-0 up against Sheriff. Just trying to find the second goal scorer. It was Cristiano Ronaldo. There's a surprise. I think this will definitely be his last year in the Premier League, Cristiano Ronaldo. As good as he is, I just I don't think his body's keeping up. So best of luck to him. I hope he has a great season with us and then may he go on and do whatever he chooses to do. So on that note, I will depart. Thank you very much to everybody for tuning in. Sorry, it's not a more entertaining podcast and not your normal shites and giggles that we normally have with the other two, but hopefully they'll be back next week. If not, you'll be stuck with me again. So thank you very much. Good night. And don't eat all the cookies. (laughs) 